Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. Uh, I'm Frank. And joining me for the 100th time is my fifth dimensional friend, Tim. Boop. It's me, Mitt. Oh, no. I've done it again. Boop. <laughs> Mitt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Romney? Oh, backwards. Oh, uh, got it. Uh, uh, yeah. You get it. Yeah, you get it. Got it. Yeah. I actually don't know if this is the 100th time I've joined you because oh, no. we've I've missed an episode or two and you've missed an episode or two so. it's true and we've done episodes between seasons so so we've done more um, than 100 episodes true enough true enough well either way it's the hundredth time watching a new episode of supergirl that is right least. that is right and, and what a marvelous thing that uh that was so frank tell me uh how you are first and then we'll go on from there <laughs> i am well uh thank you and how being are you Oh, I'd be just fine. Thankfully, good, good, thank you good, so good, much. Good. We got to know. hang out this weekend, so that was we a lot of fun. Did it was so fun. I'm so glad we got to hang out because they, you know that never happens in person anymore. So it's a rare because, thing these days. So it was really it was really yeah. nice to be able to to see your face uh, up close and and touch it. Indeed. Oh well, I mean, you did touch my face. I yeah. I thought that was strange. I said, Frank, it's three thirteen in the morning. Let's. let's I, was call it a, I was just curious. I was just curious. I was just, I just had questions and I wanted to I wanted to know what it felt like, but now I know. This, this is what humans look like when they're sleeping. Yes, at yes. three thirteen in the morning. Exactly, so, yeah. exactly. You That's can put the... that experiment to bed, uh, but Frank, note you shouldn't put to bed is the mailbag. That is true. That is true. Would you Would you like me to open it up? Oh, please do. Okay. What? Oh, thank goodness. You know, last week when you weren't here, um, I had to do that all by myself, and it just just wasn't the same. You know, it just. Just wasn't the same. The mailbag sounds. Um, so I'm I'm very relieved to have you back and uh, and have that up and running again. Uh, the the first note that I'm going to read here comes from a friend of the show, Robin. Robin has sat in uh, now and then. Uh, he is uh, also my co-host over on Superman and Lois TV Talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and nice uh, plug. Good. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. And uh, Robin wrote to us. Uh, he said, uh, yo, did you guys see Jay and Silent Bob reboot? Supergirl fans should check out at least the last 15 minutes because not only do you see Melissa Benoist as Chronic, but you also see Chris Wood and Jesse Rath as Jay and Silent Bob fanboys in the front row of Chronic Con, uh, uh, of a, a con panel for the Blunt Man and Chronic reboot. Uh, with Val Kilmer playing Bluntman, by the way. And he embedded some images, and he says, brought to you by Superman and Lois TV Talk. Uh, happy 100, Robin. Uh, well, Tim, did you know that? Uh, Frank, I did know that, because when we were hanging out this weekend, we coincidentally, through pure happenstance and some slight tomfoolery, watched that movie. We did. We watched that very movie this past weekend. So we we just got to enjoy that this weekend. I knew Melissa was in the film, mm-hmm. Um but uh, and I had seen some photos of her like in costume, but I didn't know about Chris Wood and Jesse Rath until we watched it. So that was a fun surprise. I think somewhere in the back of my brain, I remember him saying somewhere that he they were in there, but I had completely forgotten until they showed up. And then only after it, I was like, did I know they were there? I think I did. Anyway, that movie was real fun. I love a good Kevin Smith. 
It was real fun. It was real fun. We'll be talking about it uh, and talking about Kevin Smith in general on an upcoming episode of Beer with Geeks. Indeed, um, we will. So later this week, as a matter of fact. So if that's uh, your jam, go on over to beerwithgeeks.com um, and you can hear us talk about that. Uh, but uh, this is not Beer with Geeks. This is Supergirl TV Talk. Um, and, uh, you know, we have some other notes, but but they reference this episode. Um, and so I don't want to I don't want to uh, get into get too far down the uh, the rabbit hole of talking about this episode just yet. So I think we're actually going to close with the mailbag um, for now. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and uh, people can put it away. Keep, put it away. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. I don't know what kind of lock system you have over that there, Frank. Very, but yeah. it sounds weird. It sounds weird. No, it's because you didn't use it last week. That's why. It's all uh, rusty. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you to everyone who writes to us every week at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. We really, really appreciate each and every one of you. So thank you for doing that. Thank you, Robin, this week. And, and thank you to everyone else who wrote to us. Um, whatever we don't cover uh, in the in the course of talking about the episode, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go back next week and, and, and uh, touch on those things. But uh, I, I say, why don't you tell me about this 100th episode of Joy and uh, Whimsy? Indeed, this Joy episode of Joy and Whimsy was episode 13 of season 5, episode 100 of Supergirl. It can now enter syndication if it wants to, so Woo-hoo. hooray. Uh, it is entitled, It's a Super Life, and it was written... Uh, well, the story was by Jessica Keller and Robert Rovner, and the teleplay was Derek Simon and Nikki Holcomb. These are some real tried-and-true Superman team right here, and it was directed by Jesse Warren, who was another tried-and-true super, um, super part of the super fam. Yes, I guess that's right. The, the super creative team. Right. It was great. Now, uh, Frank, because it was episode 100, uh, that it is... Most of the episode did not fit into the themes to which we've been playing with all week because right. it it was really all season only, all season yeah right all week <laughs> all season and that and that was just secrets and trust and that really had to do with Kara and Lena and everything else was really off the table. Mm-hmm. Um, you could argue maybe shades of villainy for the different versions that of Lena that we got and. Those types of things. So uh, this is going to be a mostly that was a good bit episode Mm -hmm. with some Professor Comics Corner. And then we'll, of course, do the themes at the end to kind of talk about maybe the bulk of the 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 episode but we're not diving too far into many things here. This is actually for an episode 100. This was pretty linear. Yes. Um, it was pretty streamlined, pretty linear, and an and a incredibly clever way to do a clip show. Oh my goodness, what a great way to do it! Yeah. Such a such a yeah. I I yeah agreed, agreed. So so do you want to start with good bits then? Yeah, let's still start with good bits because this is the most good bits I've had in a long time. Normally, I've, yeah. Yeah, because normally you get a couple, but then they get thrown into the themes a lot right, of times. Right. And the, this episode was just pure good bit, really. And I it love was it. it was one one long good bit. Indeed. First good bit, Alex and Jean's magic happy place is the playing paintball. paintball. I loved yeah. it. I loved that so much. That's my first one too. I loved that so much. And and how, how much they were just like Cool. This is fun. Let's this do this. Great. I'm I'm for it. I like Alex's magic rules. I know. She like runs away as fast as she can. Uh it was good. I also like that Alex 
realizes what's happening first because they both end up show up there at the same time and Jean's like, Oh, what's going on? And Alex is already like, Ooh, paintball. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't even take a second to be like, I hope these balls aren't filled with acid. <laughs> you know. I know. Just just right into it, like one former DEO director to another. Let's go. Exactly. Oh yeah. Both formers actually. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Very good point. Um what's your second good bit? Um, I loved, I loved the way that, uh, Mixie went through, like, as he was showing Kara all the different clips of her life that he went through different technologies to do that. So he started with an old school film projector and, and then did you catch that he had, he had like a streaming service for the second one? Did you catch what the name yes. of the streaming service uh, was? It was Mixel, uh, Mixelic, Mixflix, Mixflix. That's what So I loved that. Uh, and then he had VHS. Uh, that it was. I loved. I loved that. I loved. <laughs> Mixflix was great, but just the fact that he was like changing it up and being like, "We're gonna do film, and then we're gonna do streaming, and then we're gonna do VHS." Like he's got like. I loved that he had like that. I loved the sort of metaphor there. Yeah, I honestly didn't catch that, and I'm a little sad that I wasn't. I was paying attention to something else apparently because I had missed that he kept moving through different texts. Yeah, yeah. I I was when so it was, enamored was, with the with the camera. I was so enamored with the fir- the old school like sixteen millimeter that I the rest of it was lost on me. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that when it was film that like there was like the old school like popcorn machine, like the popcorn cart was was right next to the couch and all, all that fun I stuff. Actually, love how it um how the popcorn came in from the sky. Yes, and uh, fell into her bowl. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, and she was like, "Well, well, I'm all right. I'm happy." Yeah, and then she starts just munching on it. Like, okay, it was, well, if it's here, I'll enjoy it. It was classic Kara. It was classic Kara. It was. I loved it. I love that everyone like trusted Mixie. Like he he very quickly was like, "Here's all the reasons you can trust me," and and so there was no fear of the paintball, like you said, and there was no fear mm-hmm. of the like popcorn or anything. Like it was just sort of like, "Cool, all right, I trust you." Yeah, that's true. Should we before we continue? Should we do a bit of a? Um... Nah, never mind. I wasn't. Nope. Um, I was going to ask if we want to do Professor Comics Corner for a second, but I don't want to go out of order. So no, okay, I'm not doing it. Um, I loved all the cameos, yes, or all the people that they got back because it's it was quite a sturdy number of them. Yes, most of them had to do in the first first two episodes in a way i mean last two seasons i don't know what i'm talking about um i i had i there's a part of me that wished for some season one callbacks um maxwell lord lord we're not gonna get that's okay that's okay uh but uh but either way i love seeing odette annabelle and chris wood and betty buckley and Sam whitwer and the guy who plays coville and the guy who plays otis you know yes that was great. I really, I loved it. Those were great. Those were great uh, to see them peppered throughout, mm-hmm. uh, and and pretty extensively for a couple of them. You know, like Odette Annabelle and and Sam Witwer in particular. Like they were pretty. They had some pretty involved stuff that they had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, I was. It is funny because I I loved that Mixie was like I don't know what you saw in him you know like I know with Chris Wood Chris, Chris Wood <laughs> with Monel I loved that uh, but 
when he was there doing his Monel thing, and I was like, oh, actually, I miss Monel. Yeah, I had the same thought. I miss grown up Monel. Yes, I'll yes, actually yes. be very specific about that. I do not miss season two Monel. I miss season three Monel. Yes, I miss, yeah, I, I miss the. The more mature Monel, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by that time, he was starting to. Yes, he grew on me. And seeing him again, um, was that uh, right? I, no, season. He was in season two, and he yeah, came and back I, for season three. The beginning and, of season three, yeah. Or was he on for two years? No, he was in season four, wasn't he? Because he fought Rain and stuff. Uh, but Rain was season three. Oh right, who was the villain last year? Uh, oh. uh, Agent Liberty, right? Oh, and okay. I'm good. Right, I I had added a season in my head. Okay, <laughs> I'm fine. I forgot Leviathan was happening. Yeah, so I yes. was like, obviously Agent Liberty, the thing that's happening right now. Oh, funny, I'm, funny. Okay, yeah. Okay, so that was right. Um, wow, geez, that was three years ago. I know, crazy, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, anywho, um. I liked kind of the merging of those seasons. Maybe that was also what you know confused me here. But we got like a merged bad guy team up in this. Yeah, episode. that was cool. That was mm-hmm. cool, especially in the last scenario. Yes. Um, yeah. There was some. They, they did some fun stuff here, man. They did some really fun stuff. Hmm. Uh, what a uh, what what another uh, good bit do you have? Uh, I loved the uh, old timey newspaper spinning in bit. Oh yeah, with the headlines. Supergirl, Le- Supergirl Lena Luthor, our friends forever. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Could you take this seriously? I am taking this seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Every party needs a pooper. That's why we invited Kara. Um, <laughs> I loved that. My my favorite part of that was that she still gets the haircut and that it's Lena's idea. Um, <laughs> That's good. Love I that. Did like that. Love that. Uh, and and in that one, when he's talking into the he's talking into the old school microphone, he's doing like the thirties. The 30s, like newsboy voice. Uh, mm-hmm. The the microphone is like an old radio microphone, but instead of saying like WABC on it or something, it says MYX. Uh, Mixie. Mixie. That's good. Yeah. That was yeah. good. I like that. Yeah. I liked, speaking of Mixie, I like that he's working on Supergirl's catchphrase. He's like, You don't have a catchphrase? Yes. Phrase? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a catchphrase? She's like, No. So I go, okay. I'll work on it. Girl, Girl power. power. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Lennon, just in general, was fantastic this whole episode. He was. He was. Thomas Lennon should be in more things. Oh. I really liked his um their his uh, remake of The Odd Couple with Matthew Perry. Oh I yeah. Enjoyed that. I enjoyed that show. I wouldn't say it was spectacular, but he was very good in it, especially. More he's, Thomas he's, Lennon. He's very funny. He's very funny and he's uh he, he brought a lot to, to the role. Honestly, this time I liked him a lot more than than the last Mixus Bidelic. I really enjoyed his his take. Me too. Actually, I liked him so much I had forgotten that he was even in season two. Like Mister Mister Pitlick was in season two. Yeah, he might actually be my favorite live action Mixus Pitlick so far. He's probably the closest I've ever seen. He even oh, had yeah. his like little hair like flare. Yeah, like, yeah, his hair flare. Um, I enjoy that. Um, cool to see Jean in costume, like just lingering on screen. Uh, that doesn't happen. I mean, we've talked, um, David Harewood has talked about how they're going to start having him not look like the Martian Manhunter, but he's like being allowed to wear the suit. Yep. But this is the first time we've ever seen him like lounging in the suit. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so you can actually like get like, oh, this is what the suit looks like. You know, this is how it works in a room with everyone else. And so even though he doesn't look green, I got the same kind of like, oh, yeah, Martian Manhunter's here and he's going to kick some butt. Right. I, I, I like that. Yeah. I uh, David Harewood had posted something on his Instagram a few weeks ago, like you said, like announcing that, hey, we're going to start doing this now. Mm-hmm. And I was I guess it was after crisis, maybe. Um that he said that and I was really glad and and this is the first time that that they came through on that and I'm I've been really I, I enjoyed that I enjoyed that a lot it did feel more like he was a superhero when he was suited up like that mm-hmm. yes yeah I always enjoy when they suit up because that's one of the reasons I watch these things that's right I loved Lena's Nazi-esque outfit stuff mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. end like her little 40s haircut and all of the the dystopian scenery and whatever else. I, there's a bit of that in Professor Comics Corner I want to talk about. Ooh. But I, I, uh, I, did, I did enjoy the aesthetic very mm-hmm. much. Weird that she's just like, Catco will be my base of operations, even though I she know. has an office. No big deal. Yeah. Um, and it looked cool. Skyscraper, but it did look cool. Because there are more TVs. That's right. So yeah. she could put more L's in places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that a lot. Um, I, I we got a shirt rip this this episode when Kara reveals her identity in public. Mm. We got a shirt rip. I always love those. You do love a good shirt rip, except when it happens to you. You don't like that. No, no. Well, I mean, I touched your face and you ripped my shirt, and it just didn't seem like a proportional reaction. But that's you know that's me. Well, I mean, it was three thirteen a.m. I so. guess. Uh, <laughs> weird <laughs> 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 um i liked how each time um kara presented her identity to lena it was a slightly varied version in mm-hmm. how she told her like she like vomited on supergirl at one point and she did the speed effect and she she like i'll take care like i'm of this but i gotta go take care of this problem and like you saw all the it wasn't just a quiet conversation every time there was she had she she actually did try different methods not even just different situations but different ways of revealing and i yes. like that yeah, that's true. I, I did. I didn't really think much about that, but that's a great observation. I do enjoy that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I, I maybe I'll I'll save that for themes when we get into Shikushi. Oh, okay. I think I'll, I'll touch on that. Um, a fun little moment uh, when they get to the like dystopian alternate reality, mm-hmm. um, and as soon as she sees that her apartment building has been raised to the ground. I love that her immediate reaction is, you know what? No, thanks. I don't need to see it. Just take it back. It's fine. Yeah. Like, that's how her, the the line reading on that really made me laugh. It was really especially funny. <laughs> that's good. I like that, too. Uh, speaking of dystopian futures and stuff, Nia's badass scar across yes. her eye. Enjoyed that very much. Do you think very- Brainy gave that to her? Oh, I had not thought about that, but I'm going to say headcanon, yes. It's my headcanon. Mm-hmm. I like that very much. Because they I, clearly I, still had a history. Oh, very much yeah. still had a history. And I, it's actually, that world is one that I wouldn't have, like, I wouldn't mind exploring later. It was yeah. very, it was intriguing to me. And you already know how to do her hair like that. Um, right. Speaking speaking of Nia, no, uh, Brent, sometimes host of the uh, of the show. Hello, Brent. Thanks for filling in last week. Um, 
he sent us a John Cryer's tweet about Nia and this alternate world where he, uh, John Cryer said, there's one timeline where one of Nia's Starbucks orders gets screwed up and that's as bad as it gets. <laughs> and I love and, that. And John Cryer said that to Brent, to be clear. What? Yeah. That? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> John Cryer, do you listen to this show? <laughs> I think they got into a back and forth. But but you know what? I'd like to think I'd like to think that that he does indeed listen to this show. Um if you do, you know, tweet us. Um cuz we'd love to love to chat. But yeah, uh that's uh that's a hilarious premise for a, an alternate reality. I'll put that uh, link to that tweet in the show notes. I also like that John Cryer wasn't in this episode and so he watched it and like and therefore decided to watch it again to tweet about it or something along like because I assume they had a, they had a hundredth viewing party we know that so um and and he was there but I, I just really like that he's like I'm on the show sometimes but I'm also I just really like everyone on it so I support them by I watching know. it I love that he's that he's like into it you know that he he doesn't have to uh he doesn't have to stay. Uh, involved and and be vocal and and talk about it, but he enjoys it enough that he wants to, and I love that. Mm-hmm. I like that very much. Uh, another good bit, f- Frank. Another good bit. Um, the Lexo suits are called Hope robots. Yes, I liked that very Calling much back. as well. I like that very much as well. I stuck that under the dangers of technology because that's mm. the only place that I thought that it would fit, apart from being a good bit. But I like that they brought hope back in a mm-hmm. cool way. Also, the Lex armor because I love it. Love both of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved Kelly with James's shield with yes. the Guardian shield. So, mm-hmm. do we think that she's Guardian in that reality? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. But she wasn't wearing a Guardian costume. No. Which makes me believe, but she does it the shield as she does in the regular reality. So I wonder if they're building to something, like mm. they're building to that along those lines. Um, we'll see. That's we interesting. Shall, we shall That's see. Hmm. We shall see. Uh, next good bit, Frank. So um, the... The hat, the fifth dimensional magic hat mm-hmm. that Mixie needed to get his powers back. Uh, I love that it. It's like a purple bowler hat, so it matches his costume. His from comic the comics. books is very, is very comic book identity. I enjoyed yeah. that as well. That was a good catch. That was a Professor Comics. That was a a catch worthy of Professor Comics. Mm, and and thank you. even though you were associate professor. Um, <laughs> uh, you you may get tenure soon. I'm with, just an adjunct. I'm just with, an adjunct. Yeah, with, well, you, you, I may promote you with mm. you know with with observations like that. All right, all right. Um, we talked about we talked about Brainy and Neil already, but I enjoyed Evil Brainy because I enjoy Brainiac as a villain, yes. and that's kind of what we were witnessing a little bit. Right. So that was cool. Also, his red three dots. That was fun. Red three dots. And he had like purple and green in, in the costume. So it was yep. sort of like, his, again, sort of like his comic book uh, costume. It was reminiscent of it anyway. Well, I think it was the new costume that he, he got a couple episodes ago, I think. I would but with red dots. With the red dots and said they just changed the light bulb color. Uh, it's cool stuff. Good stuff. Another good bit. Uh, let me see. Oh, well, you mentioned Lena's, Lena's, like, sort of, uh, you know, uh, 
Nazi sort of getup, but I enjoyed the Metallo uh, element of it where she opens up and yes. it blasts kryptonite. Yes, that was great. I like the low tech version of it too, where it's just like a Velcro where like yeah. buttons and she's like, yeah, got yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is very like low, low tech version of, of uh, Metallo. Mm-hmm. But I like that. I like the way Martian Manhunter takes out Rain. Mm. Uh, in this, it, like it's all, it felt almost like the way that it would have gone if we didn't like um, Sam so much. If we didn't like the, her alter ego, but Rain was just like, you know, there was no turning back, and we were never going to save Sam. It felt like a genuinely good use of the staff, as opposed to, um, I can't remember what happened, but but it was cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was it was yeah, it was super like super cool. Tesseract there, mm-hmm. the Tesseract. Um, <laughs> you know, basically, yeah, basically. You know, in the first yeah. Avengers movie, it was in a staff. Um, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm back on board. Back on board. Okay, yeah. cool. I enjoyed the way that like Lena reacted uh, to each of the the ways that she was told. Yes, you know that that Kara is actually Supergirl. Like when she goes to. Uh, Sam and she like she she takes it differently each time. Maybe sort of you know that that goes along with what you were saying about Kara telling her different ways each time. Mm. Um, she's always hurt. Like that's basically the 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 through line in like all of them except for one. Um, but but she's she, she you know she's hurt. She's uh, in the one case she's like doesn't know whether she which side of Kara slash Supergirl she can trust. Um, in, uh, another, she's hurt because she's like, you let me go through this, you know, horror of, of figuring out that Sam was rain alone. Like she, she has different reactions uh, given different places in the timeline. Um, and I enjoyed the fact that they played those out for us a bit and let us see that. I also enjoy that they, they played out sort of the logic of, well, if, if, uh, she, if Lena's like the only one who knows, then she, when she's put on on uh, on the witness stand, she's going to be asked, you know, who is who is Supergirl, and uh, Lockwood is gonna is gonna uh, have a different reaction, and he's gonna feel like, well, if these people are worshiping Supergirl, then I need I need to prove that she's just a regular person. Like, I, I love that they played these things out and really thought them through and showed us the domino effects these things would have. Yep, I completely agree with that because it could have very it could have been very bland. Yeah. Uh, to watch the same conversation over and over and over again and then the domino effect from it, but because it was a different situation and Lena reacted differently every time, uh it has different domino effects for who's in power in working in that moment. I completely agree. I completely agree. Uh yeah, I th- Oh man, I had a thought and I I completely I completely blanked on it. Shoot. I really liked Kara's wig. <laughs> I liked her Supergirl wigs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. They had to they had to put her back in the old costume, which that was a good bit too. It was good to see the mm-hmm. old costume again and and have her, you know, have the the old hair again. And uh and I enjoyed that too. Yeah, I um I know that they almost gave her a wig. I they almost gave her a wig when she when she got bangs, uh, and so it, it it was almost like oh that's what her wig would have looked like. I guess. Yes, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So that was a good that was a good bit. I, I I had something with I had something with Lena, and I've it's gone. 
it's gone. Okay. I, I only have one more good bit, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest with you, and that was at the very, very end. Uh, the El Mayara uh, with the French fries. Sort of oh, the, that was my one, last one, one for too. all yeah. type of thing. You know, Three Musketeers, like El Mayara stronger together. Let's put our fries together. <laughs> I like that too. Very good call with the connection to Three Musketeers. Very oh, good. Because there was the three of them too. There was three of them. It was the three of them. Very good. Get out of here, D'Artagnan. Mixie. Mixie was D'Artagnan on this. In this uh, sure. Version. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That works. That works. All right, Frank, let's move on to Professor Comics Corner. Okay. Um, I have some info on Mr. Mixel Pitlick in case in case people forgot since season two, because I had forgotten that he already appeared he already appeared in the second season, played by Peter Godoit. Godoy. I wanna say Godoy. Godiot. Something like that. Um but uh, it, it was nice. I liked that the show reminded us because it was like, oh, you know, this is what I looked like. And I didn't really look like that. I only did that to fall in love with you. This is what yeah. I really look like. Thomas Lennon. I thought they could have used Crisis as an explanation for why he looked different. But I guess that works, too. Maybe. But because he is from the fifth dimension, he does not play by third true, dimensional laws true, and true, rules. True. And so let's get into that. So he is one of the super family's oldest villains going all the way back to Superman 30 in 1944. Wow, that's further back than I realized. Yeah, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster original, the creators of Superman. Uh, and so he is yeah, he is originally from them. And he is from the fifth dimension, which is called Zephyrian. Uh, and he is not bound by three-dimensional laws. He is near omnipotent with near omnipresence, and he can break the fourth wall, which he does not really do in this episode. No. Except oh, there's like a tiny bit at the end after they raise their french fries and the, his like blue travel stuff kind of flies off almost like Tinkerbell. Like yeah, a, yeah, a, it was like a, Tinkerbell. A little bit of a knowing way. Um, but besides that, no fourth wall breaking. Uh, he is more interested in causing chaos than actually real harm, though sometimes that ends up being story dependent. Um, stories like Emperor Joker uh, is uh, is a evil mixie. Good example. Uh, yeah, but actually, it's the only one I can really think of. So thank you. Um, but that's but that's it for for mixie. Uh, and you have to say his name backwards to disappear. But the show, you know, he has to say it backwards. Yes, so, you have to trick uh, him into saying his own name backwards before he he can leave. Indeed. Kill Tipsy Zim. Kill Tipsy Zim. The only reason I can say that is because of Superman the Animated Series. Yep. Gilbert Gottfried. Yes. Played Mixie. Classic. Classic portrayal. That's also one of the first, um, that's the first time on the show where you see Superman shaving um, in the mirror mirror with the heat vision. That's right. Mm -hmm. Oh, good callback. Oh. Yeah. That show was great. Anyway, I... Lena's dystopian look, the dystopian L and her Nazi-esque, you know, her Nazi-esque costume reminded me of two things, Frank. One okay. reminded me of Overman and Overgirl. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Which are the, you know, the Nazi versions of Superman and Supergirl, Earth 10, mm-hmm. created by Grant Morrison and J.G. Jones back in the day. Not <sighs> that far back, actually, like maybe no. 10 years, not, yeah, like, like maybe 10, years. 10 years ago. Final Crisis era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Final Crisis era. Yeah. Yep. But what it actually reminded me more of is the episode Brave New Metropolis from Superman the Animated Series, first premiering in 1997. 
Okay. Uh, and it's the episode where Lois goes to visit Star Labs and Professor Hamilton's like, oh, Phantom Zone projector, blah, blah, blah. And then Lois accidentally gets transported to an alternate metropolis. And it's, you know, 1984, basically. It's curfews right. and terrified citizens and authoritative police forces and all that. But uh, there's a statue in the episode Lois discovers where it says that Superman and Lex Luthor are quote the men who saved Metropolis. Yes. And they are these like these big allies. And the aesthetic for the like Uber Nazi, I guess, mm-hmm. that they are, you know, Superman's got like the double SS mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Uh, in his crest. And that kind of reminded me of the black L uh, the black and red L that Lena okay. has on all the computer screens. Like, okay. I don't know if it was incredibly connective, but uh, but there was at least some man in the high castle thing going on. Sure, sure, I get that. I get mm. that. Um, I guess uh, you know. Speaking of speaking of that, it's worth mentioning. Um, not Elseworlds. What was the one the year before Elseworlds? The crossover. Uh, but the one with the with the with. Not the Nazi oh, regime. Oh, Crisis on Earth. Crisis on, Crisis Earth, on Earth, X. Earth X. That was Overgirl. Right. That, that was, was Overgirl. Over right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, along those same lines, and she also had the SS in her in her crest, and yes, she did. Good um, call. All all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Very good call. All that terrible stuff. Well, Frank, we've made it into Storytime Village. Whew, a long, strange journey it's been, but we finally made it to the village. Indeed, indeed, it's quiet village. Every theme. Like the episode before. <laughs> anyway. Except not this time. Except not. Except <laughs> that like the hope armor maybe is dark side of technology. Not really. Um, but really, it's really about secrets and trust and what happens when you share and not share. I remember what I was going to say about Lena. <laughs> I remember. All of the points to which Kara goes back to be like, oh, maybe this is when I should have told her. Maybe this is when I should have told her. Those are all the points where we were like, Maybe Lena secretly knows. Oh yeah, every single oh, one wow. of those. Yeah, mm-hmm. every single one of those, except for the time she like Lena's like, "Wow, this is fantastic. We're not friends yet, but we will be." Like all of those, all of those moments are like Lena. This is when you either should have figured it out, like yourself, or Kara should have told you. Yep. And so it's it's not only really reflective of Kara in the episode, but of the writers going back and really seeing like, hey, these are actually the moments that it could have been. Yeah, it's very meta in that way. Mm-hmm. Extremely, I very much enjoy that. In a way, that is Mixie breaking the fourth wall. In a way, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. In a way, so, I mean, even the fact, even the fact that what he's showing her on the TV is like actual scenes from past episodes. That's right, right? It's the like clip. That's sh- it's the clip show right, part of it. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. So anyway, so Mixie offers Kara this chance to go back and fix her relationship with Lena. That's kind of the crux of the of the episode. And no matter what happens, um, Lena always. Ends up questioning her relationship with Kara and whether Kara was being truthful or not. You know, I said I didn't want to be lied to, and you lied to me. That was that's kind of the what's happening the whole time. Um, your thoughts on Lena's reactions? Do you think that's how Lena really would have reacted in those situations, based on what we know from previous seasons, or was this contrived for the episode? I think if they're telling us this is how she reacted, then this is how she would have reacted. Yep, I agree. Um, 
So, I, you know, I, I respect what the writers gave us. I'm disappointed in Lena, though. I'm disappointed that there's basically no scenario, unless it's like at the very beginning of their friendship, there's no scenario where Kara can tell Lena and Lena won't handle it poorly. And that's disappointing to me because if they are such good friends, if they are best friends, as they keep saying, then the fact that she can't you know, reveal something that's weighing on her to her best friend without her best friend taking it so poorly is really sad. Um, so I, I do think that the writers are saying like, this is how Lena would have reacted and like, this is show canon. This is how she would have reacted. And that's why Kara had to make the decision that she made ultimately. Um, but, but it's, it's a bummer to me that Lena can't sort of set aside the, her personal feelings about it enough to, to, to walk a mile in Kara's shoes. That is an tremendously poignant point. I I had not really thought about that, but I am also disappointed in her because we had felt that, like Kara in this episode, like she'd have been okay at this moment or at this moment or at this moment or at this moment, but it turns out there's something deep and dark in there and that, you know, that got crushed early, you yeah. know. And, yeah, and so no matter what, maybe, so when she did find out, that seems at this point to actually be best case scenario. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's exhausted every other scenario she can think of. Right. Mm. So, so that's a bummer to me. That's sad, you know, uh, in universe, that's sad that, that Lena's like so damaged and so broken by what her mother and her brother and everyone else has done to her that she's not able to look past those things. And, and, um, and let Kara like share this with her and and you know and em- empathize with Kara. Um, it's it's just it's it's too much. She's too betrayed um, by these other people that no matter basically no matter when she finds out, um, it's uh, if she knows Kara for any length of time, it's a betrayal. Yep, yep, and that that says something you know so then you have again the hypocrisy of lena so then you have lena questioning if her relationship with kara was truthful from kara's perspective but that's not that's not self-reflective on lena where it's like well i guess lena then was your relationship with kara truthful because if you can't even allow yourself to be hurt a little bit just even a little bit then then what what was the ground what were the grounds of your friendship and your relationship um so that's a that's a really that's a really strong a really strong point yeah i um i mean now of course this of course this could translate out in the end so let's talk about the end so kara makes this you know decision that she goes to she goes to see um she goes to see um Kara goes to see Lena in her Supergirl costume. So she's making a statement. You know, she's flying down as Supergirl to go see Lena. Very Lex Superman confrontation on the balcony type thing. You know, very, very famous for those two characters. And she says, if Lena continues down the path that she is, Supergirl will do whatever she can to stop her, just as she would, quote, any other villain. Right? And so... That is the like it's like a breaking of their relationship where Car is like I it's not my fault that you can't accept this now because 
without Lena's knowledge, Kara's gone through all of the situations in which, you know, Lena could or could not have accepted it. And the only one she did, everyone died. Yep. Yep. So, so it, it's, and then she didn't end up accepting it anyway at the end of that one. So, so Kara on her, like good for her, takes the world off of her shoulders for a second and says, this is actually on you now. Yeah. Like I am not responsible for your actions in a different world, she like you're a grown ass adult. Yeah, like, like you're one of the smartest people on the planet. I am not responsible for you anymore. Like you know, cut that cord, and she's going to be treated like any other villain. Yeah, and we know what that means. That's so good. Um, which kind of which kind of blends into shades of villainy, right? Yes. A- a- as a theme, it, so it dovetails nicely. And I, I have thoughts on so, on shades mm, of villainy. Tell us, tell us those thoughts. In in car so in exactly what you just said in Kara realizing that um, she's no longer she can't hold herself accountable it's not on her it's on Lena um, I think that this exercise proved to Kara <clears throat> that there is there are underlying um, shades of villainy in Lena's life that are, are not Kara's fault mm. like the fact that she's she is in this reality in, in the reality we're currently living in she she has turned and is joining forces with her brother and is going to a dark place. Um, sure. That was, you know, the catalyst for that was the finding out about Kara's identity in the way that she did. But we're seeing that even when caught, when she's not friends with Kara at all, right, you take Kara out of the picture entirely in that last scenario. And she still, she becomes, you know, a Hitler-like villain. Like there is something in Lena, in her background, in in the in the way that she was, you know, abused, frankly, by by her family. That um, I don't want to say that it's like her destiny that she's always going to become a villain, but let's just say that she's like further down the path than most people are, and it doesn't take much to push her the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not entirely Lena's fault. Like it's 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 more a product of her surroundings and her. Um, you know, it's it's nurture more than nature, I think. I think that there's a very much her nature is fighting it, but but she's the deck is the, the deck is stacked against her in a lot of ways. Um Dak. So Dak. Dak. <laughs> so that that's my observation there in terms of shades of villainy. Like there there is a um I, I, again, I, I think saying that it, she's destined to be a villain is a little too strong, but almost she's almost destined in in lots of realities. Um, it's a lot easier for her to be a villain than not. So this is going to go. This is interesting because this would go two ways. We've talked so much about like is Lena going to become yeah a Luther or is she going to be Lena, right? And and I I think I think that if she does turn around every now and then she will get, get a, a little, little bit, bit lonely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um if she if she does turn herself if she does turn herself around from being any other villain, right, at the at this moment, which is almost kind of like like shots fired, like any other yeah. villain. Yeah. Lena right, Luther. Right. Um but it, if she does turn herself around, then her redemption is her own you know, because Kara is not responsible for her anymore. And so like we've wondered, we've looked at all these different scenarios and said, oh, no, she's always going to go down this path. And so if she actually does turn herself around, then she's done 
what is almost the impossible because we've seen her fail at that over and over and over and over again already, you know, through the through this like clip show history. So if that's whether she does go full villain and, and doesn't get redeemed or she or she turns herself or she turns herself, we're going to see it be we've been told it's going to be the hardest thing she's ever done. Because we've seen it when she's not done it over and over and over again. I don't like that. That's a great observation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and honestly, I didn't. And the show is going to play with us until that moment because now it's shown us that like the the odds are not in our in her favor or in the audience's favor if that's the way that if they want Lena to be saved and redeemed. So not that she's really done anything that needs to, to be redeemed right now. At but least. she's on the edge here, and I feel like if she goes over the edge, there's it's a lot harder to pull her back. That's right. Than, and I'm than, talking in this new reality. Like she's yeah, definitely yeah. done some stuff that's not great. You know. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So, and I mean, not even just like post crisis. I mean, you know, like there's all this like you know there was the missile stuff and killing Lex and like all this stuff that is not good. You mm-hmm. know, one could argue, you know. um, Oh shoot! What's it called? Fratern side, killing. Your- oh, fratricide. Yeah. Patricide. No, fratricide. Fratricide. Thank you. Thank you very much. Aha! I knew there was an official term and stuff. Oh yes. Well, Frank, do you have any other? Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to say about this episode? Oh man, this was this was the most fun episode in a long time. This it, I, this is my. I think this is going to take the place as my new favorite episode. You know. Um, I yeah. think it, it's one of mine as well. It really had all of the stuff that I I really it had all most of the stuff that I really like. I missed it. Mm-hmm. There was a few things. You know, there wasn't like super Danvers sisters bonding or something like that. That was a big thing that was missing for me. I will say, if there were flaws like that was there, you know, think there were plenty of things that I would have liked to have seen. That's probably the top of the list. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty great, and I loved how much like. Like Odette Annabelle was in it, and in Sam Witwer, like they were like really in the episode, and they I were really in it. Loved yeah. it, even when like we had him the last two episodes. So it's sort of you know, but, yeah. but like he he shot new scenes for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even actually, it's funny because in one scenario, he didn't go to the future at all. Right, right. He's still there in the DEO in his regular clothes and his sweater and stuff. So that's cool. That's good stuff. Very cool. Frank, why don't you take us out so we can do trailer TV talk? Sounds good. Uh, if you don't want to be, uh, if you don't want to know anything about the trailer uh, for the next episode, uh, we will be back in two weeks because Supergirl is taking next week off. So March eighth, uh, the show comes back, and we will be back that same week. Uh, so we'll see you then. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be talking about the trailer momentarily. If you don't want to catch that, you can find us uh, everywhere podcasts are found: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh, anywhere you find your podcast, you can find us, supergirltvtalk.com, patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. Uh, if you'd like to support us, throw a, uh, a couple bucks at us and uh, and help us keep uh, keep the lights on. We had a couple of people join us this week over at Patreon, so thank you to all of uh, our new patrons. Uh, anyone else who's thinking about it, just a, you know, a buck a month is all it takes. Uh, keeps us keeps us moving forward, and we appreciate you all so much. 
Uh, you can also find uh, us at, at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. That is our network. That is where this show and Beer with Geeks uh, and Academy Rewind and Loud Women and Hate Watch with us uh, and a whole host of other podcasts uh, all live. So check that out at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Uh, and uh, find us on Twitter at TV Supergirl. We live tweet the show every single week. Uh, that's one of my favorite things to do each and every week is to talk with everyone on Twitter while the episode is happening on the East Coast. So uh, follow us at TV Supergirl on Twitter if that's your thing, or follow us on Instagram at Supergirl TV Talk if that's more your speed. And I think that brings us to a trailer TV talk. Trailer TV talk. Not actually tons going on here. Uh, there are clips of Supergirl being awesome from previous yes, episodes. From previous episodes. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm going to be doing my job and I'm going to be doing it well, which feels like a mission statement for the rest of the season. But yeah. it actually doesn't really tell us what's coming next. And I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah i guess i guess since we're not gonna s- see it for two weeks they I don't, I don't know i don't know why they didn't actually show us footage from the from the episode um uh maybe but big it, ha- maybe big things are happening and they were really trying to well uh yeah you know based on the description here do you mind if i read the the episode description go for it from uh, i gotta hear from supergirl.tv our good friends there uh lena moves forward with non nocere uh, Lex tasks Supergirl with protecting Andrea from an anti-tech extremist, but his nefarious purpose goes beyond merely keeping Andrea alive. Meanwhile, Lena moves forward with Nanochere with Lex's help. Mm. Uh, so, seems like uh, Lena is choosing choosing sides here, and she's choosing Lex's side. Uh, so, not shocked. Not shocked. Not shocked, but do you think do you think Lena is is going to uh, we've been having these conversations since season 2 but do you think she's ultimately going to pull herself back from the brink or do you think she goes over the edge with Lex I still think she's going to pull herself back Yeah I I I kind of think so too I think they're sort of setting that up but um yeah but it sure, think... sure would be interesting if they if they let her go over the edge Yeah it would be very interesting if they but I just don't. Th- I just don't think so. I just. Think- I, I. I. At this point, I agree with you. I think that that we're we're going down the path of villainy to explore that, but I don't think we're going to end there. I agree. I agree. And then she's going to have to do the hard work of getting people to trust her again. And I think that is going to be an interesting next arc to go from from there. So I think there's places to go with her as a redemptive character, and there's not really tons of places. To to go once she's the villain so so that's my that's my humble and personal opinion i i tend to agree with that yeah we'll find out in two weeks uh what happens next glad we get more lex that's that's always fun so yeah I'm, i'm glad for that but uh we will take next week off and uh take a breather uh do some stretches and uh and we'll we'll catch you in two weeks sounds good well then frank until next time Up, up, and away.